Oh, happy days. Welcome to episode 39 of Inbound Agency Journey. I'm the co-host of the show, Andrew Dembski, and I'm excited to have you here. And today I'm bringing to you a conversation with the co-owner of Penguin Strategies, Perry Novelko. Perry is running one of the fastest growing HubSpot agencies in the world and the biggest HubSpot partner agency in Israel. It's a fantastic conversation. He shares a lot of great insight on what his background in the startup space, what that background gave him when he came to start his own agency. It's a great story. He's learning as he's going. His biggest pain right now is sales and growing a sales team. So if you're in a similar position, you're going to find some great insight here from Perry's conversation. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew. Very excited to chat here with Perry from Penguin Strategies today. Perry, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about your your agency story and how you got to be where you are today. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. And uh, it's great, great meeting you. And uh, and uh, I'm happy to be here. So, uh, first, I'd like to, to just say hi uh, from uh, Tel Aviv because uh, that's where we're based. Uh, Penguin Strategies uh, started in uh, 2013. Uh, but to understand how we got started, I got to give a little bit of history going back to when I started my uh, career in 1997. Um, I, I entered what we call the startup technology industry um, in local Silicon Valley. And I've been through pretty much every possible uh, position um, over that long period of time from developer, coder, uh, product management, sales engineering, sales marketing. Um, when I finished my last job i uh i you know i knew i was going to go do something uh for myself because uh, i'd been through about six or seven different companies different startups uh three or four were pretty colossal failures um and i i felt like i'd learned enough that i could i could do something on my own that that would be successful uh it took me uh that happened in 2011 it took me a couple of years uh to figure out what it is that i was going to do and um when i met neely who was my co-founder in 2013 uh, I, I had I was basically doing consulting to, to different companies on you know business development, sales, and marketing, uh, but kind of answer. And when she told me the story about how she'd create, you know, she's she's a content marketer and how she creates content, and people come you know come to her websites and um, and, and to want to talk to the companies that she's working with, I was like, that's what that's what we need, you know. And I, I that that's really how the you know I said you should come and work with for some of my customers. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna create an agency around that, and that's how we started in 2013 as a social media marketing and content marketing agency for technology companies or for startups. Um, and that you know, and 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 that's kind of like where we started, just the two of us in 2013. Um, you know what? I'm gonna stop there for a second, and if you have any anything you wanted to add or question, I, I could then tell you a little bit how a year later we met HubSpot. Yeah, that that's awesome. Um, you said you've gone through, you've kind of gone through the startup scene and some of them have kind of crashed and burned and been failures. What is that journey? What is the, what have those failures that those companies have experienced? Has it impacted you? What takeaways have you had now that you've gone through your startup 
before you even started it, what did you say I need to avoid from those past experiences? There's, there's a few elements that I've seen uh, that have caused, that, that caused failure. They all stem from, from, from lack of, of good management. And that's an, you know, that's a very broad word, you know, broad word. But as when I get more specific, um, I would divide it into a number of uh, areas. One would be um, the products not, not, not right and not at the right place at the right time. Okay. And then, you know, it's, it could be a quality problem. It could be that it's a great product, but you know, the iPhone just came out and it's, you know, it's not, <laughs> it, it, it made it obsolete in two days, uh, whatever you were building. Uh, I mean, that's real, that's a real, <laughs> real example. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, or it could be that you're, you, you just, you, you have a great product, but you don't know how to bring in business, you know, so you have a great product, but no, you know, and you think it'll sell itself. It, it, it doesn't. Um, you know, that, that's, that's just the way it is. Uh, Apple might not be the best product on the market, but it sells like hotcakes for a number of reasons, but it is a great product. Don't get me wrong. So there, there's that, there's that not product fit problem. Mm-hmm. There's, and then, you know, in another case would be another area that would be not investing properly in sales and marketing. Um, you know, so those, those are two main areas. And the third one that I that I saw was just being wasteful. A lot of companies, startups especially, they generate a lot of cash by by getting investment and then feel the need to spend it on yeah. frivolous things. So, but that that that's that's easy to fix. Uh, the other two are much harder. You know, building the right service and product for what's needed right now, that's hard. Um, and selling, that's that's hard. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and I call selling everything that we, we, we in inbound call, you know, generating leads, closing deals, all of that comes under sales and marketing to my sense. So those two areas are really, you know, really hard. Um, um, and so, you know, which is basically everything that makes up a company. But uh, it, it, those, those, I've, I've taken a lot away from that. Uh, so when I, when I'm building my company, my mind is around all, of, all the things that, all the traps that I've already fallen into and how do I not fall into them again? Okay. That's great. I mean, a failure is only wasted if you don't learn from it. So it's really cool to see you taking those lessons uh, that you learned from watching other companies and experiencing that from within and applying it to the company that you're building. Uh, I've got one more question off of like your, your startup story there. How, what was your journey like uh, when it came to thinking about a co-founder? Why did you decide to co-found versus starting something on your own? So I, I I would love to tell you that there was strategic strategic thinking about that, <laughs> but you know Penguin Strategy was was uh, kind of built overnight because it was we we literally met and said okay I have a company that I want to pitch the, this social media and content story to um, because I'm calling it that because it wasn't I wouldn't call it inbound what we were pitching at the time okay and 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 you know she said okay I'm in and I said okay well we need to call the company something. <laughs> um, do you have any ideas? Like, uh, I don't know. So I was like, well, we're going through So we need to, to the pitch, right? So we need a name. Um, and we, so we decided it's going to be, a, we'll just stick to an animal so that we have, you know, have to think endless names. And um, penguinstrategies.com was available. And it's, Penguin is Neely's favorite animal. So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that is how that name came in. We, you know, getting a logo, which is not, doesn't look anything like our original, but we have now, but it, it wasn't so hard, right? You just, you know, draw a picture of a penguin and there you go. <laughs> You're There's <set>. a logo. <laughs> um, and we literally, oh, by the next morning, we had cards printed up. We had a website on Wix. Um, 
all the, all the nine yards. We walked into the meeting as if we had like 100 clients and we won that business and that's Penguin Strategies was born. Now, there was no company behind it. It was just a website and a <laughs> card, but we quickly went over and, you know, put, you know, put together the, all the other operational things you need in order to build com- customers and stuff like that. But, you know, th- th- that's really how it happened. And then we have to figure out, okay, well, now we're partners. So how do we, how do we arrange that? Who's, res- you, know, what, you know, responsibilities and all the other good stuff. So um, that. But if I if I were to think about it again, I wouldn't do it any other way. I think that when you're starting out, you know, you're bootstrapping. You if you want to take on all the risk yourself, that's great, and if you're built to do that, that's that's fine. But uh, what I found, and we're actually we're, we're now three partners in this business. We we I think we're I think we've got the perfect partner mix. I mean, we got a super marketing content marketing strategist, and you know, from Neely's perspective, our our, our second uh, my, my second founder or not well partner because he came on a little bit later uh, is you know is a super technical operations guy and he's probably the uh, maybe worldwide but definitely in Israel he's the top hotspot guru um, and that, did, that 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 came out of nowhere nice. um, and and me who I'm very focused on sales and operations so uh, we make a great a great team so and when everybody at, you know, at that level is invested fully into the company because basically they have all the reasons to make sure that it's successful you know, you can't pay someone enough to be that, that motivated. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool to see that in such a short period of time, you've been able to build a core team and that's really going to be the foundation to expand your entire team to service the number of clients you guys have. So that's really encouraging to hear that. Uh, so thanks for sharing that. Would you, can you just continue this story? How did you guys transition then from this social content company into an inbound partner with HubSpot? Okay, so yeah, I mean, what what what, what motivated us is that there was this real um, need for uh, content and social media around uh, you know in the startup scene that was here. There wasn't enough people that were capable of delivering those types of pro- services. Companies wanted to hire, but they didn't. They couldn't find the right people. Um, there was almost an insatiable appetite for this service, and. It, 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 we we expanded it to, to whatever the customers wanted. They want us to do a website. They want us to redo a, web, a page, a, a landing page. Um, you know, write blogs, write white paper, whatever it was they needed. And from a digital marketing perspective, we were there doing it. And it was partial project to partial uh, retainer. Um, and, and and we were running around, and we just we we couldn't. We couldn't we couldn't stop the business flows. There was really a lot of a lot of incoming. So we then, of course, uh, hired some you know some people. We used some freelancers. We you know we had to deliver all these services. Um, you know, I, I I was just out there. I kept selling, and, and nearly was nearly was delivering. And um, and eight months later, you know, we've got all these customers. I mean, in a really short time period, we had like fifteen or twenty different customers that we'd already worked with. We had people talking about us all the time. So there was, there was, there was some real buzz around this, this little company that just started. Uh, we were, you know, five or six people, depending on how you count the freelancers. But, you know, it, but, but what was happening is we were getting more work. We were working around the clock. But, it, you know, we were starting to make money, but it was, wasn't the money that, you know, it wasn't the, the, the margins were just terrible. Um, and it was so unpredictable because uh, it, it was so many projects and, uh, I think, you know, you know, that was at the part of the time when we brought on Mark who told us, you know, he came into my office one day and says, listen, you know, we, 
he was actually in another agency. Um, and he said, one of the things I want to do is, um, you know, do this thing called marketing automation. And when you put technology into what you're doing, it's more measurable. It's, it's, uh, you, you can do more with less and all these things that I, that just like sounded to me like magic. And, um, and he explained to me how it worked. And I was like, dude, come, come be with us and do that. Uh, and so we didn't even, you know, I didn't even know who HubSpot was at the time, to be honest. I did, this, this was even four or five months before we even knew who HubSpot was. Exactly the timing was great because we had a, a customer, one of our largest customer and one of our main retainers that was actually on a retainer with us, uh, just initially with us. And one of the things that we had to do with within our onboarding was they said, yes, we're going to buy marketing automation. And we were like, yeah, we know all about marketing automation. We're experts. Um, <laughs> So I had Mark because he was the guy who was the expert and actually Neely had worked with uh, Marketo in her two previous startups. So I was like, yeah, we're not only we marketing automation experts, we're Marketo experts. So you, you should, you know, we're going to help you decide which marketing automation to use, but you know, it's going to be Marketo and here we go. And I was like, okay. And they, they agreed. They thought that was the greatest thing. And then I said to Mark, I said, no, why don't we call Marketo up and get a commission for this? Right. Cause that's, that's what I do, right? Make money. And we did that and they agreed. They sent us a form to fill out and said, hey, you get 20%. I don't know, maybe it was 20% and we'll send you a check when you close the deal. I was like, oh, thanks. That's great. Um, and then we closed the deals. Then I was like, call it, trying to call someone in Marketo. I would say, hey, what's, you know, do we get any support? What does that come with? It comes with nothing. I mean, so Mark went and figured it out himself, implemented it. And, you know, things were good. I mean, it did really did what, what Mark said it would do. It helped us increase the, the margin with that customer. It, it, the customer did better. It, it did a lot of great things for us. And honestly, it was, it was, it was, it was, an, it was a good decision. Uh, fast forward a couple months later, maybe three months later, we had another opportunity to sell marketing automation. And the marketing manager said, I want HubSpot. I was like, why not? Why don't you want Marketo? It's great. It's this. He says, I used Marketo in my last company and I hated it. I'm not using it in this company. If you can't use HubSpot, I don't want to work with you guys. Wow. <laughs> so I said, Mark, go find out what this HubSpot thing is about. Because <laughs> I already told her that we're going to work with HubSpot. So. <laughs> and, and that's when I got you know, a call from, you know, we, we, we made initial inquiry and we didn't get a call from an inside sales guy that was annoying us. We got a call from a, you know, a channel account manager who wanted to educate us on not only on, you know, what, 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 what blew me away was that they said, it wasn't more about how are we going to deliver. It was the, we're helping you deliver this. That's, that's table stakes. Anyway, that's obvious. I was like, okay, if you say that, it's obvious. But we're also going to look at all this other stuff that we're going to help you with. We're going to tell you how to do more of that. How are you going to sell more retainers? How are you going to be better at it? It's like, really? And, and the other thing is, is that but if you want to be a partner, you got to buy our product. I was like, that was, that was like a... On the one hand, it would blew me away. I was like, you, you're going to force me to buy, give you money so that I can go and make more money for you? That, you know, but then I, I really respected that. And once I'd, gone, once I'd made that decision and they went through the, the partner training, which is, I know everybody goes straight to the inbound training. I went straight to the partner training. Um, and I was like, this is what we're going to do. And awesome. I said, we had a meeting, I think. So we closed that deal, like I think the last day of August 2014. In September 15th or something like that, um, I sat with Neely and, and Mark and I said, we are changing this company from today. From tomorrow, we're starting to fire any customer that doesn't want to work with HubSpot or with the inbound thingy. 
because that's what I called it. I remember on that specifically. Nice. <laughs> uh, and I said to them, we are not going to work with anybody who doesn't pay us a retainer and, or has the potential to eventually get to paying us a retainer and is going to buy this inbound stuff. And they're like, but that, you know, we had 13 customers or something at the time. They're like, There's like eight customers that are you're definitely going to lose. I was like, so be it. This is what we're going to do. And we went from, I don't know, maybe 13 uh, I had the numbers in front of me in the past, but we went from about 13 to, to, uh, to three, um, in, in like overnight. So, you know, that, that also required us to, to cut, cut costs. And we had to, of course, you know, lower, you know, close, close down, you know, close us, you know, fire off a couple of people. Um, and so we, we ended, so at that point, I think we went to, we went, we went down to maybe five uh, team members at the time. This is, this is pre HubSpot or, you know, uh, Kind of just as we were getting started in, in September of 2014, we did it. It was a very slow ramp up time. You know, we learning the inbound. We have to get certified. We have to learn how to use it for ourselves for this new customer that's kind of looking at us as the experts, which we weren't. But thank God we had the uh, the, the support of HubSpot for this, and, um, and it was. I mean, I mean, really, the rest was history. I mean, it took us two three months to kind of close another deal or two, and then January February hit, hit in. And um, it, it was like a flywheel. I mean, we just to kind of give you the the, the, the perspective, um, we went from five people uh, to uh, what we are today is seventeen people or eighteen people right now. So we're about to hire. So that's like three wow. times, you know, three times the amount of people, or just over three times the amount of people. Um, our, our 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 MRR, you know, our monthly recurring revenue grew six times from. After cutting those people, you know, those companies and staying with three retainers to, you know, to going to uh, 24 retainer customers. So we grew 7x on the, on the customers, 6x in, reta- in retainer uh, revenue. Um, of course, the HubSpot MRR sounds, uh, you know, huge because we went from having, you know, one customer to, to, to a lot of customers. But we, we met, we, you know, we went platinum. So obviously we're, you know, our, our MRR for HubSpot is in the 25K area. Wow. So that that was like an explosion um, once once we figured it out and, and hit the ground running. So our, in January February timeframe we hit the silver. A month later we hit gold, and then um, in June, uh, ten months after we started the partnership, we hit platinum. Wow, good for you guys! That's amazing growth. Congratulations. Yeah. What is you. now? You are your sales and operations. So talk me through this process. How did you shift your strategies from being anything for anyone? to such a laser focus, only HubSpot, only retainers. What did that sales process shift look like? Okay, so I would love to tell you that we have, you know, I've seen some of the presentations and I want to get there, don't get me wrong, that you have, you know, you have the vetting process, you have the first call, the second call, the third call, which they get progressively longer and I've seen that all that. But, you know, we, we have, I'm not in that, I'm not there yet. That's one of my challenges that we can, we can talk about. But what I did do is any company that showed interest in in our in our services, um, I basically walked them through two main main slides. One was this is what we want to build for you, and I show you know I showed them a funnel, and it's you know, the, basically the funnel you can see on the homepage of of HubSpot. This is what your funnel is, you know, this is what we want to build for you. That at the top you're going to have your blogging, your social, your SEO. We're going to be in the middle of the you know middle of the funnel and bottom of the funnel. We're going to make this happen for you guys. We're going to build this infrastructure for you. And, and then, you know, that, that, that's what I call to them. I say, this is, you know, inbound methodology visualized as a sales funnel. And, you know, I'm usually, you know, I'm 
of course, I'm, I'm only doing this if I'm talking to someone who cares about that. It has to be either the CEO, the CMO, or somebody who cares about the uh, you know, revenue. Then, I, then I, I shift into the next. I say, well, that's great. Uh, you know, I'm glad you guys are dreaming about when this is going to happen to you. But in order for, to do this, we, need to, we have a very strict, strict and, uh, but organized engagement model which has three, three, you know, three steps to it. First is you know, an onboarding process with discovery and we create a blueprint and a strategy and, and all that and, you know, and, and plan of what's going to happen. Um, we then, once we, we nail that down, that could take four or six weeks, uh, we, we then you know, we, we, we build the engine, as they call it. Uh, you know, we, we implement a HubSpot. We, we connect everything, integration. We set up your social media. Uh, we do some funnel optimization. We build out your content calendar. We do all the things that you know you need to do to make sure to, that we get going, and that that that's pretty quick because we it's all um, we 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 everything's ready from the planning stage, but we have to do it. So that could take a few days, could take a week or so, depending on how complicated your website is. If there's going to be a website redo, that's when it's going to happen. Um, and then it, 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 more often than not, we don't do a website redo. Just as, as a side note, um, and then finally. Um, we got to get some results, so we, we go out and we uh, I'm trying to use clean wording here, but we we kick some some content uh, booty <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and really I mean, usually the companies we work with just don't know what consistent content is. They don't have it. They haven't done it. And as soon as you you do it and you do spot on content, social media. And, and you know, do the optimization, the analytics on an ongoing basis. I have to tell you about this. Yeah, you know, this is this is this is uh, you know, this is what we do month in month out. Nice. So then, once you've got your frame, once you've got your strategy set, your framework set, then you're focusing all your attention on driving traffic into it. What? How are you guys breaking up the the volume of content you create for your clients? What's that uh, throttle look like? So. You know how much content to, do we do per customer? Yes. So, you know, the baseline is six to ten blogs a month. Um, we want to have one piece of at least one new piece of gated content coming out every month, and then there's there's all kinds of creative things we do around it. There's case studies. There's infographics. There's what we call content upgrades, which is somewhere between a a blog and an and an ebook, which we we can gate because you know we we, we Put some added value so that the, the, so that we have more, especially at the beginning when we want to, you know, rev the engines up quickly. Yeah. Uh, can't always write white, three white papers in the first month, but we could do a white paper, or a content upgrade, and, and maybe an infographic or something like that. So, you know, the, the but you know, like, like I said, the baseline is you know having, you know, at least six to ten uh, blogs a month, um, which is hard to ramp up to at the beginning, but we work we work uh, very hard to get there. Um, and then, of course, uh, as many you know, uh, convertible uh, co- piece of content that we can, uh, you know, at least once once a month. Okay, awesome. Um, now, my next question is like for, again from the operations side: How have you gone? How have you tackled the team building process? Are you hiring empl- full time employees? Are you going contractor? How are you building the team to support twenty four retainer clients? Okay, so. I'm I, so it, it, it's a, it's a hybrid model, um, but at the end of the day, we take full ownership of our of our resources. Okay, I'll explain what I mean by that. In the core of it, so 
maybe one of the things I should I should take a step back is we're we're focused, like I said at the beginning, we're focused. We still focus only working with technology companies, startup technology startups, and actually we've moved into mid to larger enterprises of uh, enterprises that, that that are technology companies also. Um, our center of gravity probably is in Israel. We have uh, eleven people here. Okay, and but we sell into the U.S. market, and it's an area that we're ramping up on. So. U.S. Uh, agencies, uh, beware! Uh, the penguins <laughs> coming. <laughs> well, we are. Yeah, I mean, we already have a number of clients that are U.S. based, um, and we're just expanding on that uh, in our niche. So, only in our niche. <clears throat> um, but uh, so we are. We have. We have uh, now six full time people in the U.S. Okay. And so, not everybody in that. When I say full time, they're full time, meaning they they work for us full time. Maybe they're not getting paid on a penguin pay stub because they don't have, let's say a U.S. entity. So I'm paying, you know, on an invoice, but they're, they're full-time people. So I would say 90% of our resources are full-time employees. I call it, I call them all employees. I treat them all like employees and, and all that. Uh, we haven't, you know, especially in the content area, there's, there's a need every, you know, for, for some customers to bring in very specific, you know, uh, cyber security, you know, expert that on a special grain of, I don't know, virus, whatever it is. And then you know, you just can't have everything in, you know, in your writing team. So, uh, but my writing team knows how to manage those types of relationships very well. We've created very good processes around uh, developing content. Okay. Uh, so yes, yeah, so the, the, the core team, so the, the, the core team of course is, is the three of us, but un, under us is a, is a layer of, of what we call marketing strategists, account managers, different companies call them different things, digital project managers, whatever you call them. But those are the guys and girls that really focus, they work with the customers day in, day out. So they're, they're the, they're the customer facing layer, I call them. Um, and that they, they are, mar- they are, there are people that know what it is to work even at a, at a startup or a technology company because they've done it before. And so they're not junior people. They are, they are mid-level managers through and through. They've, they've been there, done that. Okay. And, and so that, that's under them is a layer of juniors that can kind of do the, you know, if they need to upload a blog, they need to implement social media, messaging, things like that for, for tactical things. Um, and then I have a content team that, is focused on delivering content. Nice. Okay. Cool breakdown. Now, are the are the eleven that you have in Israel? You guys all in the same office, or are you running remote uh, at the home base as well? I know everybody in here. Everybody's in the same office. Okay. Um, we have our writing team is all in Boston in an office in Boston. Okay. Uh, and then I have two. Uh, Neely, my my co-founder, moved out to San Francisco for obvious reasons, uh, Silicon Valley. And I have another account manager, um, you know, remote from uh, from Texas. Wow. Okay. So you guys are spread out. Yeah. When you went, yeah, one of the questions I got asked by HubSpot last uh, at Inbound was, you know, what's your goal? And it's like global domination. Gotta <laughs> do what you got to do. That's great. If you spread the team out that far, you guys can cover a lot of active time zones as well. So that's a good move. Exactly. Awesome. All right. I want to shift a little bit. I want to go, I want to focus a little bit on a struggle that you've gone through and you hinted at the sales process being a little bit of a struggle. Can you tell me where did the demand come from for your services? How did you guys kind of beat up that much enthusiasm around what you were doing? So in Israel, um, the, 
you know, the, the, the strategy was, you know, it was what I would call, you know, it's like word of mouth because it's a really, it's, it's a, it's almost like the Silicon Valley, right? It's, it's all, all the, you know, there's, there's 3000 technology companies here and 90% of them are within two hour drive. So not everybody knows everybody, but I, I probably am connected to 50% of the marketers in, in the country. Okay. So there's, there's there there's there's that that's the way we spread from, from from here. So from the beginning, even before we we got into inbound, we were very focused on, on and that's also why I invest in in this, this remote team and not try to try to serve everybody from from remote uh, uh, dis, you know, from remote, but actually from from closer because we just give awesome service. You know, in a, a, every customer that's ever worked with us, I can't even think of maybe maybe one, but even even him, I don't think would say a bad word about us. Everybody would say awesome things about us, and and that's really important. Even if we split ways because I wanted to split ways or because they did, it's always been um, very positive. So that's one thing that I've that I've been very very um, uh, you know I give you an example. A customer um, they they just actually decided to shut down sales and marketing because they realized their product doesn't have a product fit isn't a, isn't a, isn't a good fit and they have to go back to R and D um, and so the guy called me up says listen we're we just closed our U S office we're uh, we're moving back into R and D we're gonna have to end our contract um, and we looked at the contract and there was like I was like I understand where you guys are at I've been at startups um, it was like September twentieth I said you know I know that we have this uh, this sixty day clause in it pay me till the end of September, we're done. And he was like, the guy couldn't stop, you know, being that's that. Cause that to me is fair. Cause basically after September 30th, I he, he would have to continue paying me for doing nothing. And I, I just can't stand by and, and get money for doing nothing. So those are the types of things that, you know, those are, those are big things, but also in the day to day stuff that we do that just to make sure we're making our customers really happy. The, the other thing we did is once we got on the inbound uh, train or the HubSpot train, we let everybody know about it. And there's nobody other, there's no other agency locally um, talking about HubSpot, though, at least as far as we know. Um, and it's a small country, so we would know. And definitely no other co- agency tiered or anything like that. Okay. So that, you know, so we grabbed the, you know, the HubSpot user group. And basically any company that wants to use HubSpot in will ask HubSpot, you know, who can I talk to locally? Well, they'll to talk to us gotcha. and we made that happen as quickly i made that happen as quickly as possible i make a lot of noise the guys at hubspot know me from top to bottom u.s the israel the the, the, the ireland team um from executives you know uh, all the time and i think that's really important if, for agencies out there that if you want hubspot to take notice you know i think it's getting increasingly hard because there's a lot more of us out here and more agencies yeah. just don't be bashful maybe i shouldn't be giving the secret away but you know <laughs> Email Brian, email Darmesh, you know, let, send them, I sent them books, you know, send them Startup Nation, you know, tell them, let them know what, what's, uh, what's going on in Israel, they should invest. So if you've got something special, just, just go ahead and, and say it and don't be, you know, <laughs> and they respond. Um, so, you know, that, those are extreme examples, but there are other people in the company that are really important for your, for your growth, like direct sales reps and others and other uh, managers and executives that, that can really help you. So go ahead and take advantage. Everybody at HubSpot just wants to help. Maybe they don't have always have enough time, but they're there. They're they're there to help us. So go ahead and take advantage. Yeah, tap into what what is available to you. I love that, and just like I love the idea of if you have, if you want to do something, if you want to be in a place and grow, step up and and don't be bashful about it. 
continue to add value, but share that message loud. That's, that's good advice, Perry. Thanks for sharing that. Um, one thing I want to kind of push into a little bit is you, I heard that delighting clients is key to growth and key to retention for you guys. As an entrepreneur, it's always, it's hard to transition the same passion and enthusiasm that the owner has to the team. So how, with that as a cornerstone of, of the way you do business, how are you, how are you going through that process of empowering the team with that same vision, that same thirst to delight the client at every phase of your engagements? The answer is in your question. There's, there's two parts to the answer. One is empowerment. Um, I envision each one of my uh, customer-facing executives as an executive. So they're almost like the CEO of these four customers. Okay. They have decision-making power. They, they don't need to... Co- they, they obviously do every once they can come and ask us questions and, and then do what, you know, that that's, it's, it's collaborative. But if they're on a call and a customer's, you know, not feeling so happy about something, I mean, an example, you know, they were like, uh, you know, I know that you guys were supposed to do a webinar this month, but we're not, we didn't, you, you know, it's not your fault. It's, uh, you know, we didn't have the time to do it, but it was, and, it's, and, and, and she's like, well, why don't we just do an infographic instead of that webinar? No extra cost. Done. Oh, wow. I'm happy now. So, you know, that, that kind of decision-making capability really empowers the, your, your, you know, the, and then, you know, then that customer sends me an email saying, hey, that was really nice. And when I, you know, and then I, if the loop goes back to that account manager, it, it makes them want to do it again and makes, gives them the, the, the confidence to do it again. The, the other thing is just, you know, lead by example. I think that's one of the biggest, you know, whether you're a parent or you're a manager, um, it seems like an easy thing to say. It's really hard to do. Um, and so you treat, treat your, your people like you want them to treat their people and their customers. It's, it's, it goes a long way. So think about that hard when you kind of, you know, when you're, when you're doing that. So, um, those are, those are a couple of pointers that I would make. I love that. Treat your people the way you want them to treat the clients. That's a good advice. Do you, have you grown, have you grown your sales team at all? Or are you still the primary driver behind new business? Uh, you hit on the, on the pain point. <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. I am in the midst of trying to figure out how to, um, to clone myself. Okay. Uh, and th- I, I know the technology is available, so I'm, 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 I'm working on it. Okay. Yeah. Now that in serious, in all seriousness, it's, um, that, that is, that is something I, I've done a couple of failed attempts in, in, in all the failures I've had over my years of experience, um, in the last most of my last 10 years have been in sales related, uh, business development related positions. The, the biggest failures I've had is in hiring salespeople hmm. because sales success doesn't always transfer. Um, sales tactics change. You know, one guy might be good at in one company, but another company will suck and the other way around. So it's, and it's almost like there's, I haven't found the, the magic indicator yet. Um, I have some ideas and some hypotheses, but um, and I'm working on it because I, I do want to uh, scale s- scale myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> scale the sales uh, in certain ways. But one of the things I've been doing is I've been leveraging. So this is an, this is something I've been doing, and um, I'll give some credit to uh, to Square Two because it, it came out of an idea that I that I got from Mike uh, from Square Two, and I talked to him a while back. Is that you know you don't necessarily have to always sa- uh, scale the sales team right away. What you can do is um, leverage your account management team and, and, and use them to help sell. And, and actually that's been something that's been, been quite successful. Maybe not all of them are, are, have availability or are capable of helping you, but there are some that will. And, and, um, 
and that's actually been something I've been doing. Nice. That's a good. That's a good kind of cover tactic until you get the infrastructure set up there. Uh, do you have you met Matt Sunshine from the Center for Sales Strategy? <clears throat> nope. Okay, he was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he he has a really cool story. He goes into great depth in the interview, but they come from a background of like sales performance and training salespeople. And then they transitioned and started an inbound agency as a division of that company called lead G2. They're a platinum agency out of Texas. Um, but he taps into the inbound sales pr uh, process that he goes through at the agency. So he might be a good person to reach out to just as you're walking this journey and you're going through this growth. I know he's walked that journey already and has some experience there. So he might be able to help you out. Okay. Awesome. Um, shifting gears a little bit. Um, I want to know what is from a personal standpoint now, how are you preparing yourself each and every day? Um, do you have a, do you have a morning routine? Do you have a typical morning that you go through in order to, you know, approach each day strong and deliver the services you need to, to your team and to your clients? Yeah, I, I think the only thing that's Maybe this is what I love about my job is you know, that's, that's stayed consistent uh, is the fact that I drink a cup of coffee every morning. <laughs> it, 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 it is, especially from where I sit, um, and, and the company you know, enjoys and suffers from this as well because it's, it's whatever I focus in, that's where, where, we, that's where we're going to expand in. So, um, you know, January to June, you know, I basically... I had already promised my cam that we'd be platinum by inbound. So I, I made that happen. Um, and then, then, you know, June came around, we had, we made it a little bit ahead of time. So, but then I was like, Oh crap, how do, you know, we've got all this work that needs to get done. We got bodies, but things are kind of falling apart. So I spent from June till actually, you know, I, I gave our, I gave us three months. So it's my, I'm actually going to shift gears again in, in, in a couple of weeks from now. I, I got to make sure that operations are are in in tune with that. And I've been doing, you know, that's what I've been doing throughout the summer and, and through this month is implementing a process and, and you know and uh, you know and tools and, and all that all that needs to happen in order to make sure that customers are um, are not only being delighted because they love working with us and we're, we have great personalities and and we're we're, we're making them happy, but that you know that, that we're spreading those those centers of uh, of greatness uh, around to to, the, to the, all these new people and uh, all these new customers. And I think we've done a good job of that. Um, and uh, and now that we've now that all that is in place, now we can go and get to diamond by next inbound. So that's that's where I'm. So from you know two weeks from now, which is when I'm going to kick off my next spurt of growth. That's you know I have the infrastructure in, in place to grow another fifty percent before I need to hire even another person, and then you know and, and I also have the processes in place to to, to grow at least the, to the next uh, to the next let's just call it the next tier. That's great. So personally, are you breaking down your goals into like into chunks? Do you like focus a, a set period of time on operations and then move into a different area? How are you budgeting your time personally to kind of accelerate okay. the growth? So that'll actually, I went off topic. So I will answer your last question. Then hopefully I'll remember what the fiscal <laughs> was and I'll answer it. But well, you know, the other thing is consistent with my with with my morning, other than than my coffee, is I I put I put together a set of priority tasks, and you know those are my my goal. You know I know what my goals are for the year, 
which is usually a revenue goal, which I break down into, you know, into different quarters and things like that, like, like pretty much most companies do. Uh, but I, where, I, where I saw failures in the past is it usually was that was as far as people went or companies went. You know, you got to the last month of the quarter and you weren't making your numbers, so all hell broke loose and, you, you know, you either did what you had to do or you made it, you probably failed if you didn't, you know, if you weren't, you were on track by the last month, you probably weren't going to get there. Yeah. What's missing is breaking it down to almost like a daily task list. So in order to hit, I'm on day one of, of quarter three, in order to hit my goal for this whole year, what do I need to do today? And, you know, some of it is like, um, you know, I have my list of leads that I'm always working on because I still have my sales hat even if I'm focusing on operations. I need to make sure that I'm at least touching specific, you know, you know, a certain amount of those leads. And I'm talking about maybe not leads, I'm talking about opportunities probably. You know, every single day. You know, I'm not going to call every opportunity every single day, but I want to spread it out so that make sure that we're talking. I'm I'm talking or emailing or or something with one of those um, opportunities every single day. So that's like on the sales side, and that's my my goal at least every day. I know that that's something I, I I'm going to do or I'm going to try to do on on every single day. Um, and now because I'm on I'm in an operations uh, fix, even though you know I, I have someone's in charge of operations, but I'm really working closely with him to, to develop this this process. I know that I need to spend some of my time because that's a priority right now on it. And so that okay, that's great. I want to improve operations. Well, what do I need to do? I need to get this and this. I have like ten things I need to get done, and I got to break that down into different tasks. And then okay, well, what's the priority for today to get make sure that they all get done? So that I, I make sure to try to break it down by a, a day. A daily, which sometimes slides into a, a multi-day or week weekly task, so that uh, they, they, things get done. Um, you know, and, and that priority list is, is sitting with me, and I try not to go home until at least the the the, 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 the high priority stuff don't don't get done. And it might be something like writing a proposal for a customer, or it might be you know f- you know sending out a, a draft, uh, I don't know, whatever a operational uh, task list for a specific uh, process. Nice. Okay, so you're breaking down every. You're breaking down where you want to go into step by into daily or weekly steps. That's fantastic. That's the only way you can really predictably get to where you want to go. That's awesome. The last thing, Perry. Um, if folks have any questions or if they want to get in touch with you for any reason, um, are there any? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Shoot me an email. I always say connect on LinkedIn okay. and then shoot me an email. <laughs> LinkedIn is, you know, it's always that's really where I spend a lot of my uh, a lot a lot of my networking time. Um, but email is really the best way to go back and forth, and I take most of my calls uh, over Skype, especially the international ones. So okay, here we are. Awesome. Well, I'll show, I'll link that up in the show notes. Uh, last point: If you were sitting and chatting with the younger version of yourself when you were just getting ready to launch Penguin Strategies. What would one piece of advice that you would offer yourself at that at that starting point? Well, the easy answer is, you know, I would have said, "Hey, go with HubSpot from day one," <laughs> but I wouldn't have listened to myself. So it, it's not really fair to you know to say that to myself because I would have said, "What? I spend ten thousand dollars on a on a technology I've never heard of?" So you know, it's I obviously would if I could go back and I would. Be maybe more convincing because it would be me talking to me. But <laughs> I think if you look at most of the agencies that are that had some really awesome stories, you'll see that they they had some really awesome failures before that, mm-hmm. um, and and that, that led them to to HubSpot's doorstep. But I think that 
there's nothing that we can, you know, that I don't think anybody will argue that, that a big part of, of the, um, of the success, not the only part, I'm not going to give them all the credit, but a big part of it is, is the, the opening uh, introduction we had to HubSpot. Awesome. All right. Well, Perry, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, share the insight, tap into your framework and some of your processes. I know that the listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Thanks for having me and uh, feel free to reach out to me as whenever you want. This episode of Inbound Agency Journey is brought to you by Let's Game Plan, the premium training product designed to help marketing agencies build better inbound marketing strategies for their clients. If you want to learn how to sell, build, and deliver an amazing inbound strategy for your clients using a pre-built and proven system, visit doinbound.com slash game plan. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash game plan. Now, back to the show. And we're back recapping Andrew's conversation with Perry. Andrew, first of all, good conversation. It's cool to hear about Penguin Strategies. And how about having our first Tel Avivian? I'm going to assume that that's an actual thing. Uh, Tel Avivian agency on the podcast here. I don't know how many uh, other HubSpot partners there are. Um, Perry talked a little bit about um, just the way that they're leading the charge in Israel. Uh, but cool to have that conversation and get to learn uh, about how they're growing their agency, how they're building their team. Any big takeaways there, um, just kind of on their go-to-market approach and the way that they're doing things? Oh, it's, it's first of all, it's interesting to see how different agencies in different markets grow. And I think Perry and the team there are benefiting from the fact that they're one of the first agencies there in Israel. So as HubSpot customers spring up, they're there to help. And you see that in a couple different markets. We see that happening in Finland right now in a big way. There's a couple big inbound agencies there that are doing well. We see it in Australia as well, where these new markets are springing up and the agencies that look forward and see the value can kind of capitalize on the fact that in this young market, there is already this established partner program where if you look back into history, we see the U.S. market develop, and we see a couple of agencies that were early in that area but didn't have the explosive growth that these foreign agencies are having. So they kind of learned the lessons and blazed the trail first. And now, as HubSpot expands internationally, you've got these new markets where this, client, where this agency infrastructure is already in place, so to speak. So a guy like Perry, who's building an awesome team here and great things – has the ability to go and talk to a Mike Lieberman, has the ability to go and look and see what guys at Kuna Creative are doing and be able to kind of stand on their shoulders and not to take anything away from the success that they've seen because they still need to go out and create the relationships, do the client work, close the sales and do all that kind of stuff. But I just think it's really cool to see how the market's developed and it would be neat to be in a place like Israel or Finland right now where you know HubSpot's taken off, inbound marketing's taking off, and you're well positioned there as an agency to scale and to grow fast in that space. Um, so it's exciting to be talking to someone in Israel. Um, my big takeaway is just the kind of the wisdom that Perry brings to the table as a founder from his background in other startups. So he's been able to kind of walk the line in other people's companies and learn from other people's mistakes. And I think that's a, a sign of true wisdom when you can look at someone else fail and say, I don't want to replicate that. I don't need to walk that journey myself in order to learn that lesson. So the fact that he was able to find a good partner um, and together they went to market that they I'd kind of identified the customer pains as they went and were able to pivot and shift the agency as they've moved forward I think that is a really neat strategy, uh, and it's cool to see them finding success 
as someone in, with a tech startup background, kind of expanding in that tech space in Israel, which is really, really growing fast right now. For sure. Yeah. Growing like, I mean, they're up to 24 retainer clients he mentioned right now. And you can see um, Penguin is another example of an agency out there who's doing their own marketing uh, aggressively as well. If you just go to their blog and, and look through and see what they're producing and they're producing um, a lot of content, you know, they're blogging three, four times a week. Um, so getting stuff out there on a consistent basis, um, driving leads, driving the business forward. And one of the things that came up uh, just as a pain point right now, obviously the team is growing um, and the company is growing, but uh, you guys just got briefly into the topic of sales right now and how Perry is doing uh, the bulk of the sales and they uh, that's just a position that you know he'd like to bring on somebody else to help out with at some point. Um, Andrew, what would you say to the agency owner out there based on your conversation with Perry and the conversations you've had who needs to bring on somebody to do sales? Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough transition to make as we know firsthand there's pain involved in that process when you bring on the wrong person. Um, but really like go like you've got to first of all go out there and find people and you kind of go back to um, some of the other interviews that we've had this season where you cannot stop interviewing. You can't wait until you have a job opening. You've got to be talking to people because the the most qualified folks are the ones that are working already. They've already got a job somewhere else. So don't be afraid to be out there networking, be out there building up that sort of talent pool so that you've got folks that you can tap into. And then when you do bring them on, perhaps work side by side with them. Um, I don't think it's a position where you can bring in someone with quote unquote past experience in sales and expect them to hit the ground running really, really well because it's such a, it's a different sales process here as inbound agencies. It's very consultative. I think the more process and the more structure you have to your client's servicing, the better positioned your sales process is. If you try to bring on a salesperson and they don't have a very well-defined product that they are offering or a solution that they are offering to prospects, it's going to be hard for them to sign deals. So I think creating a very clear client journey is important. Um, and that's like an ebook that we've put together is the Winning Partner Guide. And we can throw that in the show notes here. That creating a journey like that where you've got a game plan into into an engine development, into ongoing campaigns, it's a little bit easier for someone to wrap their minds around and sell. And it's easier for a prospect to see and to sell. So I go all the way back to John McTighe's conversation at, from Kuno Creative, how he that client journey and the expectation that the client needs to be willing to open up their customer base to talk to the agency and being able to set those expectations early in the sales process probably goes a long way to empowering those salespeople and helping them, giving them a structure to move forward. So I think that's one piece of advice, like someone like Perry, as he's reaching out and growing, um, having that talent pool like Sunshine talked about, and then also um, kind of working with them as you move forward, because this is not something you just want to hand off. Um, if you're doing all the work of doing good inbound marketing, you're generating leads, we want to make sure that we're walking those leads through a structured sales process and we're tracking them well through the CRM um, and we are kind of nurturing them through an agency sales system um, and having that system and structure in place there. So that's what I would say, Graham. Um, would you add anything to that? Yeah, you know, I think that's that's good. Obviously, there's a lot of resources and this is something that Ryan and I have uh, have discussed on Inbound Sales Journey which is our weekly podcast focusing on um, just the needs of someone who's in that role selling at an inbound agency. Um, 
But I'm I'm glad that you brought up the winning partner guide. And if you guys have not yet seen this ebook, um, head over to the show notes at doinbound.com slash podcast um, and just go find the winning partner guide or just search uh, do inbound winning partner guide and you'll be able to grab this ebook and just see here's the journey that we lead folks through at guava box and um, just have some kind of here's here's how you're going to communicate this to the prospect and yeah. here's some idea of how you set their expectations from the beginning because if you go in as we know firsthand and you try and sell this full-blown 12 month 18 month 24 month engagement from the beginning, there's so much to comprehend. The sales process is going to get really long. Uh, the win rate is going to be a challenge on those. And so <clears throat> I think that having this guide from the beginning and the structure from the beginning is just critical to enable someone to come in and be successful and kind of break it down into bite-sized pieces and different commitment levels from the very beginning. Yeah, it goes back to focus for me. I mean, and Perry did a great job of talking about this, how when they saw that inbound was where they were going to go, man, they went for it. They lost clients. They had to fire people in order to go after that new goal. But they set that as the central, uh, the central point that they were all going to drive towards. And I think having a, a similar structure in terms of what's the client journey that we're going to offer is going to help create that sense of momentum as well, that here's where we're going for and here's how we're going to push forward. Um, so definitely check out that ebook and just think about that on, on the whole. How can we create a unified experience for our clients and how would that impact our sales process? How would that help us cast a clear vision, get buy-in from a team, get our foot in the door with a discovery project and be able to actually expand within that organization through upsells? And you know, we had Drew on a few weeks ago who's just kind of done a really, really good job through their growth of going back into existing accounts and finding more agency business through that process. I think that is a huge place where inbound agencies could do a better job. So, Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to cut you off there. Let's wrap this puppy up. Um, folks, as always, thank you for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you about what you liked, what you didn't like, what you uh, would like to know more about. And also, um, go track down Perry on LinkedIn or via email or Twitter and, um, and just let him know, you know, thanks for sharing your story with the community here. And if you have any follow-up questions, shoot them over to him as well. Uh, next week, we've got a great guest coming up. We've got Ryan Malone from Smartbug Media sharing his incredible story to HubSpot Diamond status. So stay tuned for that one, and we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.